Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Let's go back to the garden and pull some more weeds today. Wait a minute. Weren't we just out there yesterday pulling weeds? Well, that's kind of like how real life works. Uh, Even when you pull up weeds by the root and you spend a day doing that, guess what? You're going to have to do it some more because new weeds sprout up and it continues to be a problem. And not only does that sound like real life, it sounds an awful lot like the Christian life, where as we uproot something that is bad, something wicked out of our hearts, out of our lives. You look over somewhere else and it's like, wait, what's that sprouting over there? Oh, there's another problem. And that's where as God continues to expose uh, our sinfulness, as we grow in sanctification, we will often feel like, all right, there's another thing that I need to uproot. And we'll feel a little bit like that as we continue to go through the book of James, where yesterday we talked about our words and where do our words come from? And we tried to see the connection between the first part of the passage about the tongue and then the second part about wisdom. But today, as we keep going into chapter four, I want us to try to keep all of those connections in mind. And just to refresh your memory, yesterday we looked at uh, James chapter 3, and at the end it contrasts this demonic earthly wisdom with a wisdom that comes from above. And as we uh, consider that, we reminded that that earthly wisdom has at its root, it says, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Those are key things in this, um, just in this earthly demonic wisdom. So now let's consider how that flows right into chapter four. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. So there, it's telling us a lot of uh, this division and destruction and conflict that happens even among believers. It's happening because of unmet desires. And, And we're not getting what we want, so we fight. And now that's where I want us to make the connection. Chapter three was only a few words ago uh, to this idea of bitter jealousy, selfish ambition. And that's where one thing I was taught dealing biblically with conflict was when you find yourself in conflict or you find yourself angry with somebody else, that one thing you should ask yourself is what is it that I want that I'm not getting? What is it that I want that I'm not getting? And that's where, even as you ask that question, it can be helpful uh, because sometimes that thing that you want is something good, uh, even something right. Uh, Maybe even in some situations, something you deserve is what you want, but you're not uh, getting. And that's where, okay, well, I have a just cause here in this conflict, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm dealing with it in the right way. But then if we're honest with each other, lots of conflict in our lives, when we ask ourselves that question, what is it that I want that I'm not getting right now? Uh, If we're honest, it just comes back to, well, there's bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in my heart. These things that I want that I'm not getting, they're really all about me. And so I'm not getting my way. So I am 
angry about it. And maybe that just helps you if you find yourself in conflict with another brother or sister in Christ. What is it that I want that I'm not getting? And, and then if you find, oh, that, that thing that I want that I'm not getting is something good. It is something right. Okay, well, now am I going about handling this in the ways that God would want me to? And even the next, am I praying about this, asking God for this? Or is this just my own selfish desire? And that's why this has become such a conflict. Uh, so there, see those connections between chapter three and chapter four. But then as you keep going, I mean, it, it's really gets strong in the rebuke of these people that it, it doesn't seem that they are praying because it says you do not have because you do not ask, but they're doing plenty of fighting. And then it says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, again, note the context here. It's not that they were necessarily going out and doing all these things you would think of as worldly. It's in the direct context of them fighting with each other. And he's saying, hey, you fighting with each other because you're selfish, that is worldly. And by doing that, you are making yourself a friend of the world, right? You could not listen to any secular music. You could not watch any TV shows. You could not have any social media accounts, but you could still be worldly. Uh, because worldliness is not just defined by the things that you do. It def it's defined by what's going on in your heart. And if bitter jealousy and selfish ambition are going on in your heart, that is worldliness. That is how the world thinks. That is the worldly wisdom of chapter three. So note that and uh, consider that warning against worldliness to, to check our hearts. It's not just the external things, but it is our heart and where that leads to. Obviously, there is... Um, some encouragement here as well, reminding us that when we submit to the Lord, when we resist the devil, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. That when we cleanse our hands and purify our hearts, uh, he helps us. So let those things be an encouragement to you today. There's another thing that I want us to see towards the end of chapter four, and even want to connect that with something that we see in our Old Testament reading today. Uh, but the end of chapter four says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. And so there, first, let's actually connect that with what we saw earlier, right? This mindset that we're seeing here, this if the Lord wills mindset, is it direct opposite to the bitter jealousy, the selfish ambition of chapter three to the quarreling and coveting of earlier in chapter four, right? Those are worldly ways of thinking. And again, he's saying, hey, when you just plan out your plans and just say, yep, that's what's going to happen because that's what I've said, uh, you are thinking in a worldly way. A, a godly way to think is really this humble submissive approach to God is going to do what he is going to do if the Lord wills. So when we live with more of that mindset, 
It will keep us from the quarreling and coveting. It will keep us from the bitter jealousy, the the selfish ambition, because we're saying whatever God does, that's what's going to be good. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. There's a humility and a submissiveness to that mindset that will keep us from some of the errors that we've seen elsewhere in James. And really that helps get to the root of not only uprooting our sin, but also that's a healthy root that's going to produce good fruit, right? That's going to be a fruitful plant in your garden, a heart that that has that mindset of whatever the Lord wills. And that's where I want to make a connection to what we've seen in 2 Samuel. We we see a phrase that that comes up again that we saw recently in the mouth of Joab as he was in battle against uh, the Syrians and the Ammonites, right? Uh, But now we see it in the mouth of King David. So what are we seeing here in chapter 15? Well, we're basically seeing David's son Absalom stage a coup. Uh, He slowly tries to win the favor kind of by being this duplicitous uh, guy. Uh, He wins the favor of people in Jerusalem, and then he just comes out in the open and says, I'm king. And so David flees uh, Jerusalem, and you see a lot of interactions that he has with uh, people as he leaves uh, the city. And they even, at one point, uh, there are the priests that are going to bring the Ark of the Covenant of God with David. And we see that starting in verse 24. But then the king says to Zadok, the priest, carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and his dwelling place. But if he says, I have no pleasure in you, behold, here I am, let him do what seems good to me. So there's that phrase again. Uh, That's very similar to what Joab said, let him do what seems good to him, right? That's the idea. Let God do what seems best. Let God do what seems good. And you see even that submission in in what David says, hey, if God blesses me, I'll come back and I'll see it. Uh, But if not, let him do what seems best. And I think all of our lives would do better to have more of that mindset, right? Even there in the midst of an incredible trial, King David is saying, uh, let, let God do what seems best. And no, I don't need to try to bring the ark. I don't need to try to manipulate God, leave the ark where it's supposed to be. And if God wants to bring me back, God will bring me back. And if not, well, then that's what he thinks is best. That's David showing that Lord willing mindset uh, that we see in James 4. And I hope all of us uh, live that out today. And again, that will get to the root of some of our sin, which often is a failure to trust God, but a healthy trust in God and reliance on his plan and his providence, again, will help us to produce all kinds of fruit in our own lives. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.